Bounty hunting is a complicated profession, and that's why we're here to explain it to you. My name is Dan Morin, and I am here to recap The Mandalorian for TV on The Incomparable, uh, which is what I do every week, and I invite a special guest every week. And this week, it's my good friend, podcaster and app developer, James Thompson. Hi, James. Hi, just call me Scottish man, uh, like <laughs> everybody else in this universe. Scottish man, is that with two N's? Man, M-A-N-N? Yeah, bro- yes. Scottish man. Uh, I did not realize we were, uh, you know, going to that level today, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, we're here to discuss season two, episode two, or as they style it, chapter 10 of The Mandalorian, uh, which is, as you probably know, currently airing on Disney+. Plus. This episode is entitled The Passenger. And before we uh, step through this week's episode, James, I want to know from you, like, um, your feelings on the series thus far. What do you like? What do you get excited about? And especially the season, like, you know, what are you, what are you kind of enjoying? I mean, I think one of my favorite things in the kind of Star Wars uh, universe is all the stories off to the side. Mm. So, uh, you know... Uh, Jedi and like family dramas are fine, but I like this kind of like, let's just go. I mean, I'm not going to say we're going to go to unfamiliar places because we are absolutely going to go to every familiar place that they can possibly think of. But, you know, it's not just about Skywalkers and uh, Palpatines or whatever. And and I like that. And, you know, I like Baby Yoda. I, I, particularly like baby yoda in this episode for reasons that we will get to uh, i don't know if that makes me a monster eh, but, maybe a little bit um but yeah it, it's just kind of i mean like if you took anything and you used the sort of standard star wars sound effect noises on it i would probably like it um but just sort of yeah it's, it's the sort of the 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 side stuff, the backstories, the um, gratuitous cameos, yeah, <laughs> Fill, filling out the world a little bit, like the the universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree, I agree. I, uh, I like once, that part of it. Once they got rid of all the you know expanded universe stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's nice that we're filling that back out. Again. Well, yeah, I I think that's that's one thing I agree with you that that most people were really excited about when they announced this show is the idea that it isn't directly connected. I mean, you know, certainly it's in the same universe and it's it's set within a similar time period, you know, to to stuff that's going on, you know, bounded by stuff that we've seen in in movies, for example, rather than being something that's like thousands of years ago or thousands of years in the future. And so it's recognizable. But yeah, there's so many other interesting stories. I mean, the whole point of this universe has always been that it's vast and it sometimes yeah. feels very very small. <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean that's not just because they're stuck on some led soundstage but yeah it's i think that i will be really disappointed if you know a a sort of young cg luke skywalker (laughs) appears at any point in this show look mark hamill needs the work okay (laughs) poor mark all right well let's uh let's take a few minutes to step through this episode the passenger uh, which, surprising me, picks up directly after the end of last week's episode, with the Mando still on his speed bike, uh, speeder bike as he's zipping home from killing the crate Dragon. Uh, and we get sort of this 
kind of fun like dual perspective thing he's zipping along happily and then we see people like hammering things and laying out what we pretty quickly realize is a trap uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, prepared for how much speeder bikes in this show sound like light cycles yeah. as well. <laughs> they have that same kind of little high pitched noise as well. Yeah, they got that, and then and the whole thing with the light coming up behind them—it's just weird. Why? Yeah, still that trick. No, um, I thought I, I enjoyed this because it felt like a callback to uh, Return of the Jedi, where the Ewoks use basically the same trick yes. on the biker scouts. <laughs> um, what's interesting to me about this situation? So this ends up being an ambush. Um, he is knocked off his bike. Uh, the child goes flying, um, and he is immediately attacked by three thugs. Uh, and it seems as though this is a targeted attack because one of them yells to the other, "You know, get the child!" And so it seems like these are people who who know who the Mando is and realize that the child is still sort of a valuable commodity, which reestablishes kind of an ongoing plot line from season one, which is that they are hunted and people are looking for them. Um, as with last week, this starts off with sort of a fun fight as the Mandalorian fights these three guys and has a, uh, a pretty fun bit where, uh, one of the small aliens tries to shoot him with a big gun and before they can get a shot off, he grapples it with his rope thing and knocks out the other two guys who are grabbing him. I I do like in any sort of martial arts film, if they do something inventive with the fights, because sometimes, you know, you can, you get into a fight and there's kind of like, well, just sigh because people are going to hit each other for five minutes. But in this, yes, I like the, the sort of the, the unique ways, uh, like he, even like as he falls off the bike, you know, he uses his mm-hmm. jetpack to sort of counter the the momentum, which is, yeah. was a nice trick. And then, yeah, pulling the gun towards them, knocking the two out, uh, and then uh, the the little alien makes the 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 fatal, I believe, yeah. mistake. <laughs> Uh, of, 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 I'll, I'll take that jetpack. Yes. That looks really nice. Uh, yeah. So the the alien threatens the child. You know, holds a knife to its neck, and the Mandalorian says, "It's for whatever you want. It's fine. Just don't hurt the don't hurt Baby Yoda." And uh, the the alien wants the jetpack and grabs it and starts running away. And immediately when that happened, I turned to my wife and said, "Surely he has a remote control for that." <laughs> and as <laughs> yes, soon as I, I said, said no same. sooner had I said it, then he presses a button and the jetpack shoots into the I, air with the and guy. lets him go pretty high into the air. Yeah, before it's a while. It. It's a while, and then he falls. The the alien falls, <laughs> just hits the ground, and then the jetpack lands very nicely in front of him, <laughs> and then falls over in a sort of R two R two yeah way. homage. Um, yes. And I enjoy the uh, boat. They have a little exchange there. Mando, you know, and the ba- baby Yoda does like a <laughs> noise, and the Mando kind of shrugs. He's <laughs> like, eh, you know, good heart, good help is hard to find. Situation, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, without a speeder bike, he trudges across the desert to Mos Eisley. They don't address the fact that that must bake him in that armor, right? Like- yeah, I was thinking that. It's like, I know he can't take off the helmet, but can he not take off some of the other stuff? Yeah, it's so hot. But he's got everything kind of like, he's got the, what do you call it? I forget what the term is when you have like the long pole across the shoulders. Yes. And he's, you know, uh-huh. walking and he makes his way back to Manti- the Mos Eisley and the cantina where he finds Pelly playing Sabak with a character only identified as Dr. Mandible. It, it, it comes up in, in the, the subtitles. subtitles. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> I even, yeah, they say something like Dr. Mandible clicks and growls or something like that. And I was like, that seems very Star Wars to have a weird character name like that. Um, but, you know, it's like, as I was saying with the, with the naming of characters in this, it's like, mm. is Dr. Mandible 
this person's name, or is that just what they call him in this cantina? Um, and is he a doctor of medicine? Yeah, James, he didn't he... go to six years of Mandible Medicine School to be called Mr. Mandible, please. Yes. Um, I enjoy it. They're playing Sabacc, uh, and uh, Pelly sees that the Mandalorian has Boba Fett's armor and says, you found another Mandalorian and you killed him? And the Mandalorian says, eh, it wasn't a Mandalorian and now I'm out of leads. To which, apparently, Dr. Mandible has a lead uh, and says somebody knows something about Mandalorians. And Pelly translates that uh, they'll provide the information if, uh, if the Mandalorian covers Dr. Mandible's bet in Sabacc. <laughs> something a little fishy about that. It ends up being a very high amount, but uh, Pelly wins with an idiot's array, which was a delightful uh, callback to classic Star Wars uh, lore from the old expanded universe. Uh, I always enjoyed that. So the goal in Sabacc is to get to 23, uh, like, like kind of like Blackjack, right? And an idiot's array, the, the cards are kind of like, they're almost like tarot cards where there's numeric cards and then there are these, um, you know, picture cards that have various arcane meanings, one of which is the idiot. And with the idiot, you can, it's worth nothing. It's worth no points on its own. But if you have a two and a three, that counts as 23 points in the idiot's array, <laughs> which I always enjoy. It's the only bit of Sarasabak kind of lore that I remember, but I enjoyed it that they brought it back here because it warms my little expanded universe heart. Do you have your own set of Sabacc cards? No, but for years, my friend and I were going to make one. We tried, actually tried to figure out if we could make like an app at one point, because one of the other things from Sabacc is that essentially your cards are supposedly they randomize like repeatedly as you're holding them and then there's like a field that you can put them in on the table where it locks in the value kind of and so we're like oh could you do this with an app where it's like create a system i don't know we spent a long time trying to figure out like could we make a kickstarter based on this and then realized we had no technical expertise to make this happen we just really <laughs> like the idea so i don't have my own sebex i think they they made one in an rpg supplement for the old west end games rpg way back in the 90s and then more recently i think there was one um for the that came out around the time of the solo movie although it was mm -hmm. called like something like oh god what do they call it like solo card game or something because <laughs> apparently somebody like sniped the sabacc like trademark from them or something it was a very weird situation um uh so pelly uh basically agrees to help out the mandalorian and uh hopes that he brought back some dragon meat which he did and they and they have the treadwell droid which we saw in a new hope roasting it uh over the flames from a pod racer engine <laughs> Um, which I think is a callback to the like the um, the Disney Star Wars stuff. The, mm. I think there's a that that's a scene that you see as you walk in there. Ah, okay, yeah. I, well, I enjoyed the Treadwell getting mentioned by name too, since I only knew of its name from the Star Wars radio dramas. Uh, but uh. but it does appear in A New Hope. Um, turns out there's a Mandalorian covert one sector over, uh, and the uh, contact that Doctor Mandible provided as uh, apparently, you know, willing to lead the Mandalorian there in exchange for travel to the system. And with a third, further asterisk that they only traveled by sublight, not by hyperspace. Why? Because what interesting plot happens if you go by hyperspace, right? Yes. I also like that he, uh, he claimed uh, he didn't want to be a taxi. Yes. And then I'm like, are there taxis in the Star Wars universe? That's a great Have question. Have seen a taxi before? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think maybe in Cors Corsant, like maybe there might have been taxis or something, like little like like speeder cars. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's there's not like interstellar taxis. That's like hiring an Uber <laughs> to drive you cross country. Yeah. Um, 
So the reason they must travel by sublight is that this uh, passenger who is only identified as frog lady, so that's what we're going with, uh, is transporting her unfertilized eggs to meet her husband on this planet, and they can't jump into hyperspace or the eggs will die. So there you go. Uh, Pelly has only just met this person, but swears on her life that she can vouch for them because she's an excellent judge of character. Um, we're also established with a language barrier here since the frog lady can apparently understand the Mandalorian, but cannot, only speaks its own language with the Mandalorian, does not, uh, speak. And they, he at one point tries to speak Huttese, which is sort of a, I think sort of like a lingua franca amongst certain, uh, areas, certain classes. But that no luck with that either. And Baby Yoda is fascinated with the eggs, which are these like gelatin things in this big floating canister. I I, I love that scene. Like I'm assuming uh, uh, Baby Yoda is using the force to bring the yes. eggs because they kind of float towards. I, yeah, yeah. And on the first thought, I saw that and was like, oh. My initial thought was like he's like communing with them in some way. He, he sees he sees the beauty of life. Yeah, you know, he's, exactly. He's like he knows he is but a child, and they are. Uh, children to be uh and then <laughs> this is a great scene uh with the mandalorian comes downstairs and he is like just snacking away yeah i had that moment again right before it where i was like is he gonna eat them and my wife was like i hope not and then sure enough <laughs> it's just slurping them down uh and i love the effect of it too because it really just like Again, you have to be impressed with the combination of the CG and puppetry that's happening here because it all looks very convincing. And he's just like, like eating a, yeah. it's like eating like bubble tea or something, <laughs> like these giant tapioca eggs. Uh, with a big slurp in the subtitles a, every time he does a it. Big slurp. Yeah. So uh, that's not great. The Mandalorian is super not happy about that. As I agree, I would not be if that were, uh, if I were in his situation. I, I, if I was a frog lady, I would have counted those eggs. And at some point, I would have said, didn't I have 12 of <laughs> yeah. these? I feel like I had a lot of these, and now I have fewer. Um, the Mandalorian sets the autopilot, and, you know, after taking Baby Yoda away from the eggs, goes down for a nap. He is... Does, does he sleep in his armor? I think, apparently. I mean... Like, not even taking the helmet off with the, sh- the shutter down this or is, anything. This is the way. <laughs> it seems a really uncomfortable way. Yeah, I mean... I guess. Like, I mean... It, Maybe it's padded on the inside. I mean, I don't know if we've seen, like, the, the inside bit, because it could all be sort of fleecy and nice. That's true. But then, if you're walking in the desert with it, that would make it equally uh, unpleasant Oh, yeah, that would well. be very, very toasty. Maybe he has different, like, um, like, like base layers that he can swap out, where it's, I mean, like, it, it, cold like, weather, it could be warm power- weather. It could be powered. You know, he could, like, have, air like, conditioning, heating, yeah. air conditioning sort of stuff. It's, it's um, very, it comes with all the modern conveniences. It's got rearview mirrors. It's got, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like nothing about the Mandalorian's life seems like to exude comfort. <laughs> so, in some ways, that doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> but, yeah, it certainly doesn't seem like the most ideal way to uh, take a nap. Um He's woken by an alarm and goes up to the cockpit to find that they have been approached by two X-Wings. Uh, and I will note, these are old school X-Wings. These are rebellion X-Wings, not the newer New Republic X-Wings that we've seen in like uh, Force Awakens and stuff like that. Um, so they are uh, noticing that he doesn't have a transponder. He tries to shrug this off with a, you know, kind of a loophole. It's like basically being pulled over by the cops for your registration sticker being out of date. Yeah, or it's like you've got a broken tail light yes, or exactly. something like that. It does feel very kind of chips in space. For yeah, why, the... 
why are the X-Wings do? I mean, they say they're looking for Imperial holdouts, but it is weird that they're just like, let's pick this one dude. <laughs> yes, he looks suspicious. Yeah. Um, and so I, I enjoyed several things about this interaction. First of all, they're like, oh, you got to be running a transponder. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'll look at, he tries to talk himself out of it. Like, oh, yeah, I'll look into that. And they're like, okay, but you got to send us a ping. And he's like, oh, it's not. It's not, I don't think I have that hard. Oh, I do have that hardware. It's not working. Well, but, you know, yeah, it just keeps, just, like, you know, trying to make excuses. One, one ping only. One ping um, only. Uh, I, I liked the, 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 he does the, may the force be with you. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets, you know, uh, also with you. And also with you, which I can't remember if we've ever heard before, but I feel like that was a joke that people always used to make because it kind of sounds like the Catholic mass. Yes, yes. Um, and then they do the, the, the whole Columbo, uh, just one more thing. <laughs> and then, of course, there's a part where they switch to a different channel, at which point you're like, oh, no, <laughs> this and is the, not going to go the well. The files open yep. on both yes. things. <laughs> and so it turns out they inquire whether he was near the New Republic uh, transport Bothan 5, which uh, was the transport that he basically broke into last season to... Uh, supposedly extract the prisoner with the help of uh, a bunch of criminals uh and so that's not looking good for him so he immediately basically tries to go into invasive mode and heads towards a nearby planet uh flies through the, cl- the clouds a bunch to try and escape them and does a crazy power dive at one I, point i like that it, it reminded me a lot of serenity doing a crazy ivan kind yes. of move or something well um, just the scene with the, i liked the frog lady just screaming in the background <laughs> as the ship falls uh and then he flies through a bunch of ice and he kind of lands but you know let's get put lands in a quotation mark it's a launch pad it, it, but quack the- landed it's the kind of like parking the your car down the alleyway with the lights off yeah. uh, as as the cops go past. I I enjoyed that like he hits like a ramp at one point and, yeah. and then tries to like stop by turning the engines on. I'm surprised though that the X wings didn't see the giant groove left from the ship <laughs> in the ice. But well, maybe that's by. how they catch up with him later. That's but, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he finds a little place to shelter under a ledge, and everything seems fine until, of course, the ice beneath him collapses and they fall through. Uh, it knocks out the Mando, and when he wakes up, the frog lady is freezing in the cockpit, and there's a big hole in the side of the ship. Uh, and of course, Baby Yoda, left unattended, is eating the eggs again. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how many eggs can Baby Yoda eat in a sort of like while uh, Mando's unconscious? I'm, I'm kind of worried that, like, you know, I was kind of worried he was going to eat all of them. <laughs> Because he asks, like, the man is like, how many did you eat? And the only answer he gets is a burp. Quite a few. Uh, they have themselves a little a little snack. I enjoy the frog lady eating out of her little box with, like, the tongue, like, zipping yeah. out and grabbing things. And Baby Yoda has a little lunch box, like a bento box, but he keeps just side-eyeing the eggs. Um... The uh, frog lady tries to tell Mandalorian something, but he doesn't understand because of the language barrier, and they suggest they get some sleep, and they have a nice moment where, like, uh, he's, like, getting ready to sleep, and Baby Yoda cuddles up against him, and then she is, like, cuddling the eggs, which there's something going on with we don't really know yet. I I just wrote down at that point, Murder Baby Cuddles Up. (laughs) Murder Baby. New name, Murder Baby. Um... Before she goes to sleep, though, she sees Zero, who is the droid also from the prison transport episode, who the Mandalorian shoots, but apparently decided, you know, waste not, want not. Let's keep some parts around just in case. 
and uh, the Mandalorian wakes up when the droid tells him, wake up, Mandalorian. Uh, and he freaks out a little bit, even though he's mostly got over his, uh, his anti-droid <laughs> sentiments. That, uh, the voice of Richard Ayoade, yes. who it, it takes me quite out of Star Wars every time his voice appears, because he's just got quite this recognizable voice, possibly more so in the UK. Uh, Definitely in the UK. I mean, I, I think to me, he, he does a nice job of sounding just like a, a kind of evil droid. <laughs> yes. Um, but the, uh, the frog lady has been quite clever and used, uh, basically hacked into Zero's uh, vocal box to use it to communicate. And she thus is able to explain that the eggs are sort of the last chance she and her husband have to propagate their family. Um, and she kind of puts a guilt trip on the Mandalorian by saying, I thought the Mandalorian code was all about keeping your word, but I guess those are just stories for children. Yeah, I, I thought she was going to turn to the camera and go, like Star Wars. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall. Uh, it works. He mutters about this not being part of the deal, but still goes outside. I really, I wanted to interject. I, I love the attention to detail on the environments, right? Like earlier in the episode, when the Mandalorian has, after he's resolved that issue on Tatooine by the ambush, um, you can see that his armor is all still streaked with the, like, bile from the crate Dragon from last week's episode. It's all kind of dried on there, but it's all very gross. And, and then on the ice planet, there's a lot of it, like, he's got, like, the ice crystals forming, like the rime of frost on his armor, which I thought was just a nice, a nice touch. It makes it feel very, it makes it feel colder to me, right? Like that that attention yeah. to the little details. Um, so the, uh, the ship's in bad shape. It's sparking, it's leaking, and so the Mandalorian sort of sets about trying to fix it. Uh, and after a while, the child appears and tries to get the Mandalorian's attention and leads him over. D- doing his footsteps. best lassie impression, yeah. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Frog lady fell down the well! Um, yeah, I, the, it's interesting because I feel like they've also evolved the noises the baby makes yeah i was thinking that too it's like are we going to get to the point like at the end of the season or something where we're going to get words i i had this written in my notes is when will the child speak what will its first words be i was guessing (laughs) dada dada or egg egg (laughs) mando um yeah i feel like that's a that is a character development moment that if they are going to keep going with the Mandalorian and the child together, it seems to me like there obviously has to be a moment where the child grows up a little bit. And that's going to be an interesting challenge for this show because so much of it is predicated on how cute the baby version is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think they'll keep him baby-like for as long as possible. But I could see them sort of like, you know, become it like it becomes a, a terrible two-year-old well, i think yes. that's pretty much where we are, we are at this point but you know without the speech yet but yeah i just the bad behavior um i want to see all that <laughs> you're enjoying that there's a little bit of schadenfreude happening there oh, oh definitely i mean i think it's like um i really enjoyed peter capaldi as doctor who who was extremely grumpy and bad-tempered and just <laughs> whatever and lots of other people really didn't like that and i think i am really here for baby yoda basically being an asshole um because it's like he's so cute and yet and yet and yet he is also a a cute jerk baby (laughs) i mean that's kind of all babies isn't it yeah i mean let's 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 be honest this is just a uh uh a correct uh uh 
version of uh, parenting that we're being shown. Here. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so Baby Yoda leads Mando over to some footsteps. Uh, and apparently the frog lady has gone walkabout. He uses his predator heat vision or whatever. I, I wrote Batman detective vision. Yep, yeah, also same. appropriate uh, to see the the like residual heat from the footsteps. And they track it through the cave to what seems to be a heat source, which turns out to be a lovely spa. Yes. Uh, and she's just put all the eggs in and they're all just chilling out. Uh, she's, you know, naked in a hot tub. Yeah, it's and... the hot springs. It reminded me, like, when I was in Iceland a couple of years ago, and you go to, like, the Blue Lagoon, and it's like, oh, it's nice. It's very it's very warm, yeah. and there's eggs floating around, as always. I mean, do, do like, frogs have a natural ability to sense heat sources mm. or something? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the frog species does. Yeah. Uh, which, incidentally, I'll note, like, as we mentioned, only identify as frog lady. And at one point, I think a little, I can't remember if it's earlier in this point, he says, I don't, I don't speak frog. Uh, yeah, which felt like a thing that could be kind of a pejorative. Like I was not really I sure. So too. Yeah, I was like, that's I mean, a little rude. I mean, everybody in this whole series is like that. You know, it's like he just gets referred to as Mando. Yeah, um, true. Which is the same sort of. You know, he's heard it so often, he just is giving it back to other species as well. But. Yeah, or maybe that's the name of the race, or maybe that's a colloquial name for the race. I don't know, but it's weird because it's one of our words, right? Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't really know what the deal is with that. But anyways, he is uh you know kind of remonstrates the the frog lady and says like you can't go too far, I can't protect you. So he, they start gathering up the eggs, um, and he tells Baby Yoda off again after Baby Yoda tries to go bobbing for eggs. Yeah, and of course uh. that doesn't go well because deprived of those delicious things, Baby Yoda goes in search of other food and comes across these little <laughs> pods. And I love this, like, Baby Yoda is walking amongst these, uh, like, white, uh, sort of, uh, not entirely spherical, more sort of, uh, you know, what's the word? Ovoid? Yeah, 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 no. yeah sure. Um, and there's this, like, calming, nice music, and I'm screaming, leave the alien facehugger <laughs> eggs alone. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have that vibe. There's certainly, like, a uh, an alien sort of uh feeling to it and i agree they 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 kind of soft pedal it with the music seeming oh like isn't it charming the wonders of this planet amazing things uh and of course he peels open one and finds inside what looks like a tiny spider and then being a child that has basically very little compunction about sticking anything it finds into its mouth (laughs) eats it Um, and then, and uh, then all the other eggs start to vibrate yes, around him. Everything in a truly, truly disturbing scene. Oh, I will warn you, you know, if uh, presumably you've watched the episode at this point, but you know, if you are an arachnophobe, this is not a good episode for you. I, I have already warned a number of people, perhaps skip this episode. Yes, um, my my wife specifically did not like this part of it. She really doesn't like spiders. Uh and I, I love the fact that Baby Yoda comes running back like, oh no, something terrible has happened, yeah. rather than, I did this, yes. this was all Something me. terrible has happened that I had no impact on whatsoever, <laughs> totally wasn't me, I just found them like this. Um, everything starts hashing and spiders are everywhere. Um, the frog lady uses uh, her tongue to grab her clothes, which reminded me of Jar Jar <laughs> yeah. from Phantom Menace. And uh, everything seems pretty bad and gets much worse when the uh, mother or father spider appears. <laughs> uh, yes. And everybody runs. And, and it's basically an eldritch horror, like with mouths 
and teeth like rows and rows of teeth and it's yeah not nice i will note that these these creatures have a long history in the star wars universe these are krikna they appeared most recently in star wars rebels where there is a whole uh little subplot uh one season where they're on a base on a remote world and they find these spiders in the base so these are the same ones uh, and in fact, they go back even further because they first appear in concept art by Ralph McQuarrie, uh, back in like, I want to say the late seventies for empire. I think. Yeah. For empire, because yeah. these were, in fact, my friend, Evan Ritt, who was on an episode last season, um, pointed, he sent this to me immediately after I'd finished the episode, like, Oh, did you recognize the spiders? And said they're, they're from, um, uh, yeah, they're from this this concept artwork, and they, apparently they're the early, like an early stage of Dagobah's trees in that version, <laughs> which I was like, oh man, those are some creepy trees walking around like spiders. I'm not sure if I like that. Wasn't it, I think in Rebels, like, they ended up communicating with them and coming to some kind of uneasy yes. truce or yeah. something? Yeah, there was, there was kind of a moral to that story of, like, don't kind of judge things you know from their exterior but <laughs> but but in this show we all just like they're just, they're, attach they're, they're explosives they're to things and yeah try the, and blow them up the mandalorian is not perhaps the most uh what's Woke. the right word yes <laughs> or or i was gonna say like sympathetic i mean his kind of impulse is to fight things and shoot things and you know i mean to be is. fair if there was like several hundred spiders of varying sizes running towards me, I think flamethrowers, bombs, and yeah. guns would you're not, probably be my. You're not rolling diplomacy, is what we're saying. No, no. Um, so they run, run, run. The Mando is shooting spiders. The frog lady goes to all fours, deciding that's the <laughs> fastest way to move. Um, the Mando uses some bombs, seemingly takes out that big giant spider, and then finally lights up the flamethrower and, and charbroils a bunch of them. Uh, they make it to the ship, and he's sort of holding the door as the rest of them go through. He gets his hand webbed to the hull at one point, and then catches a spider with his other hand and crushes it, which crushes is pretty, it. pretty badass. Um, but they follow him in. They're like doing a thing where they're like in like zombie movies where they like crawl yeah, over each other, on, one on top of Ugh. each other. Yeah, something, something very eerie about that. He's trying to close the cockpit door. Uh, they get through and they surround the child, and then one of them starts like dancing on its head. Basically, <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was like going to be like a brain sucker thing happening there or what. Um, but then they are taken out by the frog lady, who's got her little holdout blaster. Uh, and nails a few of them and then the mando flame broils them until he can get the doors to close and there's like a nice moment of mutual respect between the mandalorian and the frog lady where they kind of like nod at each other for like you know we're (laughs) you you protected my eggs i protected your child we're good we're even yeah i mean i did think at this point he's gonna need a new ship you know (laughs) just burn this one it's it's like it's full of spiders yep um Wait, it's gonna, or at the very least, he needs to hire some Jawas to like strip it down. <laughs> yes. Um. So the spiders start skittering over the cockpit, and they get ready to take off. There's this great moment of all this hopeful, like the music swells as the ship powers up and starts to go, and then the big giant spider falls on it and starts poking holes through the cockpit, which is also terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and big uh, spiky legs coming in, and it was like somebody's going to get impaled here. This could go badly. Like. Yeah, it's not not a great situation to be in. We've all been there, and we know. Uh, the uh, suddenly there are there's blaster fire from the outside, and the Mandalorian uh, slowly works his way out to find the X-wing pilots are there. I also note the hold, as you pointed out, the hold is like totally webbed. 
Yes. It's I, it been was like, like 30 th- seconds. 30 seconds and it's already full of all these webs. It's like, no, they, there's, there's going to be like eggs everywhere. I was just thinking that and, there must, yeah, like like three episodes from now, he's going to be in a jam in his own ship and then a spider egg is going to come out of nowhere and save him or something. Yeah. Um. So it turns out that Mando's got an arrest warrant on him for breaking out the prisoner from that New Republic transport. However, there are some, you know, mitigating circumstances. Uh, he ap- apprehended three of the other prisoners and uh, uh, priority culprits and left them there. And he uh, put his own life on the line to save, uh, try and save Lieutenant Davin, who still ends up getting murdered. But, you know, his, his good deeds do not go unrecognized. A great line from the, uh, the pilot who I think is uh, credited as Carson Teva uh, and is played by the actor Paul Sun-Hyung Lee. Um, best known, I think, for being the lead on the Canadian sitcom Kim's Convenience, um, who points out, you know, he's like, we should arrest you. But these are trying times. <laughs> I just, yes. I enjoyed that line. Uh, and uh, of course, we haven't really mentioned the identity of the other yes. uh, X-Wing pilot, who a very familiar looking Dave Filoni. Yes, Trapper, who, Trapper Wolf. This is his second appearance because he appears at the end of that uh, that episode with the prisoner transport. Uh, I like that he's building himself up a little bit of a Star Wars presence. Yes. Uh, he's going to have an action figure at some point. Sure. It's, I mean, it's almost. Uh, what kid doesn't want a Trapper Wolf figure is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, the Mandalorian tries to strike a deal uh, a little bit with well, the pilots. Was that a deal or was he trying to bribe them? Was he kind of saying, you know, suppose I give you the reward, yeah, they, whatever it is. I'll forego the bounty, he says, if you help me fuse my hull. And they kind of give each other a look. Like the two pilots are like, mm. <laughs> And they basically say, we're going to let you off easy. Just fix your transponder <laughs> or else we'll shoot you down next time. And they leave, leaving him to fix the hull for himself <laughs> um yeah that's a nice try but not not really holding water there uh he fixes up the cockpit so they can at least limp their way to the planet they were heading to um, yeah speaking of holding water he does say if you need the privy which <laughs> yes clearly is mandalorian uh um usage of that word but uh go now <laughs> I just like uh, yeah, like the classic road trip thing. Where it's like we're not stopping for a while, you know. If you need a bathroom, use it now. Also, first mention of a bathroom in Star Wars, maybe. Yeah, and like, where is the privy? Yeah, the that ship? I don't. That's a great question. Yeah, like so, I've got the Lego I was one. Say, you've got this, right? Do- yeah, it doesn't have the that uh, as a little secret compartment. But- Are we sure it's not like under his bunk? Basically. <laughs> that a combination bedroom bathroom which sounds like the worst combination room you could have i mean that sounds very mandalorian that's true like i'll sleep with my armor on and the smells you you never have to go far to use the bathroom when you wake up in the middle of the night i guess um the razor crest is not in great shape it's pretty shaky as it takes off and the uh mandalorian says you know wakes me if we get shot at or that door gets sucked off its rails and the frog lady seems to freak out and he's like nah i'm just kidding that happens we're all dead and then he adds sweet dreams and and probably i'll probably kill you in the morning exactly uh but not before the child gives another look at the eggs (laughs) kind of waggling its eyebrows almost and the frog lady sees that and basically just hugs the eggs closer to itself and i had forgotten when i rewatched it this morning that the which made me laugh that immediately he turns around and then surreptitiously eats another egg (laughs) because he's got a pocket full of them (laughs) what a jerk um 
the razor crest kind of like literally rattles its way off at the end of the episode like the doors aren't closing the the hatch at the back is like wide open <laughs> like not a great situation so i expect we might depending on where the next episode picks up we may uh we may see try how he resolves that issue yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that the next episode is going to be the continuing adventures of Frog Lady and Baby Yoda. <laughs> and they're going to, like, take the three eggs remaining um, and drop them off with the, the husband who's going to say, only three eggs? <laughs> yeah, you know, there were some problems along the way. So it's funny. We, my, my wife said she didn't care for this episode because the A of the spiders, which she doesn't like. And she didn't like Baby Yoda eating the eggs and because they're, you know, I was like, point out, it ate a, you know, it ate a frog last season. It's not, it's, it's established as not a vegetarian. But she was also arguing, well, but these are sentient creatures. And that's weird. It's like, well, the eggs are unfertilized. Like, uh, yeah, is that worse than us eating eggs? And I think it's more the fact that these have been presented as like the last of the line and precious cargo right. and all this, and and Baby Yoda is n- is just like nah. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, you know, as we point out, toddlers, you know, they'll they'll basically stick no. literally anything in their mouth, <laughs> and also not much in the way of impulse control or being told no. Yeah, uh, several times, not. and does not really respect it, which I think is maybe I could see becoming a more interesting arc over the rest of the season. Of like, well, if you're stuck in this role as sort of guardian and parent, like, how do you come to terms with with I, I, dealing with yeah. that? <laughs> How do you discipline a toddler that can force choke you? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, I mean, and, and I think that's also part of, it goes into play with this whole idea of finding, you know, essentially Jedi to take in the child because he's, I think at some point he realizes he's not going to be able to deal with that problem. Like he doesn't have the tools at his disposal to, to, to just- feel, to figure that out. Do you think this show is ever not going to have Baby Yoda in it? Yeah, I know. And that's a great question. I mean, I I would say no. I think it's it seems clear that it's such a, he is such a staple and he is what made this show insanely popular. It's a great show. Even without him, I think it would be a great show. But certainly the dynamic added by Baby Yoda is what has made it a phenomenon. And yeah. I think it's hard to do away with that. It's like having a star actor on your show, right? And like, at least this time, they don't need to lock up like contract negotiations. <laughs> but I mean, I think there's going to be like, you know, there's going to be this, just a series of quests, which right. is going to take him, you know, and maybe, oh, now I've handed the baby over. Everything's fine. I can walk away. And there'll be something like the next episode that, oh, no, I need to go back. Sucks you back uh, in. Yeah. Like the Godfather yeah. style. Yeah, I yeah. think I think you're right. I think basically my guess is this show ends before there's a, a you know, <laughs> a forced separation, as it were, right? Like, uh, if the yeah, show when, runs when, five years, then, like, that's how it ends. When Baby Yoda is, like, uh, a teenager and just a j- even more of a jerk and the ratings are going down because of that, then they, they can get rid of they Baby cut it Yoda. Loose. Yeah. Then you got to find another I, I, show for Baby Yoda, where it's about Baby Yoda trying to make his way as a teenager. <laughs> well, then, you know, you, or or you do the the the, the spin off like right. Muppet Babies <laughs> style uh, show with all the the young versions of you know Baby Wookies and and all those kind of things. But 
I don't I don't care really where where the show I mean I've seen some people say that you know they they didn't like this episode because it didn't like uh, move on the plot mm-hmm. significantly and it was kind of like a bottle episode or it was kind of a you know it's, but this is what television used to be like you know you would have a week there would be a self-contained kind of adventure and the person would move maybe one stage closer to finding whatever it was um and that, I'm fine with that you know it, it was a great little tale and I liked the sort of the horror elements that kind of came into it like mm. what the, particularly the bit where like he's they're in the cabin and trying to close the doors and there's all the spiders coming in and as you say they're like stacking one on top of each other like zombies trying to get through the door and i'm like yeah i mean i don't remember seeing stuff quite like that in star wars before with with the sort of you know all all, of, all the sort of horror tropes, and, and that had to be an alien reference. Sure, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't make like a cavern full of pods like that uh, without in, in a sci fi franchise. Sure, yes, yeah. Without I, somebody saying, "Isn't this a bit like alien?" <laughs> no, I mean, I totally get where the you know I want to say frustration is too strong, but like you know that that sort of disappointment comes from because last week ending with such a what felt like a huge reveal. Right, immediately mm. wetting your appetite for, wait, what is is that Boba Fett? What's the deal? Like, what's happening? And then to be like, well, we're not going to address that at all this week. Like, I understand, and it's great, and it's like I like the idea of marinating that a bit and letting it stew and letting you kind of forget about it or put it to the back of your mind, so that when eventually it does come back into play, it's a little bit more of a surprise. But it also can leave you feeling a little bit like. Oh, but I was really interested in that. I want more of that, especially when the episodes are spooling out one a week, right? And it's not like I can binge this through and get to the next part. But I, I like that. But it's also I can understand the frustration. I mean, like in the previous season, we had like uh, there would be a, a big guest star of the week, and uh, Mando would basically be accumulating these people who would be brought back, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the season. And I'm wondering, you know. Uh, Frog Lady seems to be a pretty good uh, hacker or slicer. Yeah, is that the right. Term? Yes, that is. Yeah, uh, and you know that could be a useful uh, thing to have in future. So if he does actually get at least a couple of eggs uh, that have not been consumed uh, uh, to to the husband, you know, maybe she will come back because. You know, I was like immediately. I wrote her off as like, well, you know, that's just a, a sort of a one-off. And then I was like, hey, maybe, maybe it's I, not. I had the same thought, which is that like, if you're investing in characters like this and the marshal, like these are people who could be allies to him further down the road. Um, yeah. And I will note from a behind-the-scenes point of view, we mentioned some of the uh, uh, other actors that we've seen so far, but this character was performed by the actress Misty Rosas, who is also the woman who did the performance capture for Queel last season. So a, uh, you know, an, an actor that we've seen before on the show, even if we haven't really seen her either time, because she's buried beneath all the prosthetics. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, a great point that I, I feel like there's, this is all about the Mandalorian to some degree. I don't want to say just like all helping people, but like the fact that he, develops these bonds with people and and essentially proves himself to be a trustworthy ally is kind of a repudiation of his earlier like you know when he starts out the series as like i don't need anybody essentially i'm just me i'm on my own i'm doing my own thing 
And so accumulating all these things, I mean, like Pelly, for example, who we've now seen in like three different episodes is also yeah. somebody with whom he now has a relationship. He is actually tied in with all these people. He is part of the community now in a way that he was not at the beginning of the series. Yeah, I mean, he's building his sort of clan around him, uh, Mandalorian style. That's right, yeah. So I, I enjoy that aspect of it, and I think, I think there will be a lot of people who write this episode off only for it to end up being something more important in the future. Could be wrong about that, but like, I would definitely not be surprised to see the frog lady or some other element of this, maybe even his relationship with the new Republic, you know, come into play later on. Uh, so there may be more far reaching consequences that we haven't seen yet. And maybe baby Edda will eat another baby frog. Um. <laughs> um, also looking behind the scenes, a couple of other things I wanted to note. Uh, the voice I believe for frog lady is done by D Bradley Baker, who will be familiar to anybody who's watched clone Moore's, uh or rebels as the voice of all the clones as well as many other like uh uh sound effects and and various roles on those shows um and uh the episode was written by john Favreau and directed by peyton reed who is probably best known for directing ant-man and ant-man and the wasp uh, i i like that somebody in disney was like well, we've got this script. It's got, you know, Dr. Mandible and it's got lots of spider insecty things. Who have we got in our, like, Rolodex? <laughs> who, who does insects? Yes. Ah, uh, we have an insect guy. Yeah. <laughs> spider? I mean, we can't get Spider-Man, but we can get <laughs> <Yes>. Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that. I mean, you know, uh, they've, they've, uh, they have the cachet to attract, you know, some really talented uh, directors. So I, it's always interesting to see uh, who they bring in as sort of the hired guns to run these episodes. And I thought, yeah, this is, this is a very effective episode. It's a great looking episode. Like, mm. and, and especially because, you know, an episode like this, which clearly shoots a lot on, um, you know, practical, like it requires a lot of practical set builds at points because a lot of it is very close up work as opposed to sort of the big expanses that we've seen on like, on like Tatooine, right? Where everything is, you can see for miles and there's nothing here because it's all sand. <laughs> And so this yeah. is a little more clo- a little more claustrophobic. I, I mean, I, I I do keep looking, like trying to work out. Um, it's called the volume, isn't it? The, uh, that's the, the that's what they all call it. I think it's technically called stagecraft or something, but everybody calls it the volume. It seems. Yeah. Like. So, so I was like, you know, well, they must have built the ship, and you know, looking at the, like how much of this is like right. real versus uh backgrounds and i don't do that very often because i'm usually caught up in the, in the show but there, w- there was a point where i was looking at it, i was thinking yeah they must have built quite a lot for this yeah i agree because like the parts were all running through the tunnels and stuff right like that's all i assume they built you know snowbanks and stuff on the set because it's so closed in the shots are so tight that you probably i'm not sure how much effect you get from that but i will be interested to see if they do a if they do another breakdown at the end of the season the sort of the making of stuff uh, I would love to see just sort of each episode a little bit more in terms of the production that goes on there. But it's a, a lot of this episode takes place in space, too, which is um, something that we haven't seen as much of. Uh, they kind of dip in and out at points, but it felt like, you know, with the X-Wing fights and stuff like that, there was a lot more, you know, just sort of, uh, uh, you know, space combat stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I, the, the, again, the shot with the, the, the ship all damaged and sort of limping off. In my mind, I was thinking of the Reavers from, yes. uh, from uh, Firefly. Firefly. Yeah, uh, just just the, the look of the ship being all beat up with the sparks coming off it and things. Uh, I mean, that's that's what we love with the Star Wars universe. Things break, things don't work right, things are a little messy. 
everything's a little used um so any uh you want to delve into any sort of theories or conspiracy theories or ideas or thoughts you have about the we've talked a little bit about this for the rest of the season but especially building on this sort of overall arc that we saw seemingly launching last week any uh any thoughts that you want to throw out there yeah i'm not sure i mean like they've got to come presumably uh if boba fett is alive uh we've got to go back there uh you know so we can't be hanging out on like random frog planets um i don't i don't know i mean i i think we're gonna get at least one more episode of this like the the story of the frog lady um next week uh because it won't just be a sort of like five minute at the start transactional thing or they would have done it at the end of the episode i would Mm. have said Mm. um but yeah long term i mean like we know we've got jedi coming um and we've got you know the the, uh, whole dark saber side of things mm -hmm. which is probably going to come in uh i mean basically anything that dave filoni came up with in rebels (laughs) i expect to turn up here Uh, that's that's certainly plausible i think it's i mean the the biggest like sort of suggestion for next week is we know there is a mandalorian covert on wherever he's going so you might finally yeah, but, find some Mandalorians. But he could just find a little sign saying, you know, we have moved. And, <laughs> For- forwarding address. Yeah. And like that will take him to the next planet with the next adventure. And, you know, he'll be tracing this Mandalorian covert. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that we're going to get, you know, uh, much more um, resolution um, or he's going to find the Mandalorians and it's not going to be what he hoped for. Or something like that, or you know, because we already had one fake out yeah, on yeah. a Mandalorian. So I think these are going to be real Mandalorians when he finds them. But there's going to be something off about them, you know. Maybe that they take their um, helmets off as well, or something. <laughs> yeah, we never put uh, our helmets on. That's our that's our code. Yes, once you've taken it off, uh, never put it back. Well, I, I think it's uh, interesting too because, like, you know. The economy of the storytelling, and I think that was very clear in the first season, especially like it's very a lot of the episodes feel very spare, like already in the first two episodes of this, I feel like we've gotten a lot more Mandalorian dialogue than we did in some episodes in the first season. Yes. Yeah. Um, And so I think what's interesting is when you only have eight episodes of varying lengths, you know, spending an eighth of the season on uh you know an adventure like this which seems kind of standalone is like all right you know that's that's a choice but that's that's okay like you've got a little time to play around with when you start to spend like a quarter of the season you know if you spend two episodes on standalone adventures that don't address the plot i can understand feeling like well how how do you sort of meet that out right like how do you decide how much time we're going to spend in a season on stuff that is just sort of adventures and stuff that plays into the larger plot but I think that that is making the assumption that this is like traditional television where mm. at the end of the season we are going to get some kind of closure on something because mm. we didn't really on the last uh season you know they they kind of defeated um I can't remember the Moth, name of the Moth guy Moff Gideon Moff Gideon yes indeed um uh except they didn't really right. um and 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 um Oh, now blanking on his name. Uh, the uh, person who wanted to see the baby. Oh, the the cl- the client 
or yes, yeah. the client because that um that we never really got the any resolution to that stuff yeah, either. He, he's dead. <laughs> well, yeah. But not, I mean, that's a, not a satisfying resolution perhaps. <laughs> yeah, but but the 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 whole kind of like why they want uh baby Yoda, you know, they want to clone him and all all that kind of uh, right, side of things. Because right. there was the there was the genosis um uh insignia on the on the medical guy and all this sort of stuff. Um uh, so but I don't know that we we were going to get because this is like chapter nine or ten you know, I think it's just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't necessarily think that there's going to be like a big thing that happens. There'll be a, you know, a medium sized thing at the end of it. But um, I think they're just going to put in these episodes as they feel like them, as they have an idea for a story very much, as we were saying before, like kind of, you know, uh, TV serials of our youth that just were like person comes into town, person solves town's problem person moves on mm. uh and i think we're getting slightly more than that because yeah he's he's amassing all these party members for for the future but yeah uh, so i mean but it doesn't bother me because i i enjoy the stories and i don't necessarily need it to end you know i don't need baby yoda to grow up he mm. can be like bart simpson he can be like that age forever i don't mind yeah that's a fair point i mean it is a it is a different style of of story that we are seeing here and has been i think you know it has that episodic feel and in some ways what star wars was originally supposed to evoke the classic serials right like of mm, yeah. little chapters here and there and so we're kind of experiencing that i think it does need to be some build of conflict and i think we will get back around to seeing obviously some of these i think from the trailers and stuff we already know that we'll see you know grief karga and cara dune again um and i would expect that we see moff gideon again at some point because you don't drop something like the dark saber at the end of the season yeah, yeah. and then just be like yeah whatever <laughs> m- m- much like boba fett you know i don't yeah. think that we're gonna get just one shot of somebody who may or may not be boba fett and then never mention it yeah, again he's, he's fine we'll, we'll tell his story somewhere else yes in this spin-off series of comics uh, yeah. that you can now buy Buying uh, at your local newsstand uh all right well uh that takes us through the end of the episode i will note uh my my disappointment continues that uh disney has not released uh soundtracks for these episodes as they did with Mm -hmm. season one i'm kind of bummed about that because i really looked forward to that uh i've heard some suggestion that sometime in november they will drop a soundtrack maybe for the whole season which seems weird if they haven't aired all the episodes yet but no uh we'll see what happens with that but uh we've got six episodes left to go so uh, a lot left in the season I would like to thank my guest this week, James Thompson. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Slub. (laughs) And thank you all out there for listening. We'll be back next week with our coverage of Chapter 11. And until then, remember, this is the way. 